0: If you're a pop culture junkie who loves TV, film, music, comedy, and other really important stuff, then you've come to the right place. Get ready and settle in for Classic Conversations, the best pop culture interviews in the world. That's right. We circled the globe so you don't have to. If you're ready to be the king of the water cooler, then you're ready for Classic Conversations with your host, Jeff Dwoskin. All right, Claire, thank you so much for that amazing introduction. You get this show going each and every week, and this week was no exception. Welcome, everybody, to episode 151 of Classic Conversations. As always, I am your host, Jeff Duoskin. Welcome back for another Out of This World episode. That's right, we're taking the classic to space. My guest is... B.J. Tanner. That's right. Marcus Finn from the Orville is here. B.J. called into the show while cruising around the galaxy in the Orville. And he's got stories to share. You know B.J. Tanner because he's like on every show right now. He's on the Orville. He's reoccurring on Station 19. He's reoccurring on Grey's Anatomy. He plays Tuck on both those shows. You've seen him on Lethal Weapon, Ballers, Sam and Cat. BJ is everywhere. And by everywhere, I mean also here at Classic Conversations. And that interview is coming up in just a few seconds. And in these few seconds, I want to remind you, episode 150, my 150th episode just aired recently with Gary Kroger. We dive deep into the Saturday Night Live of the 80s. You're going to love that episode if you haven't already heard it. Also, B.J. Tanner marks my second The Orville interview. Peter Macon also on the show. Of course, Peter plays Bordas, and he was on episode 144. So if you can't get enough Orville, check out Peter after the interview is over with B.J. Tanner. All right bj tanner at 18 years old has done so much we talk about his mcu aspirations past work current work on gray station 19 and the orville and we go deep on the orville and he shares some stories of all his cast mates you're gonna love it and that's coming up right now enjoy all right everyone my next guest you love in the orville station 19 gray's anatomy welcome to the show B.J. Tanner. Whoa. Hey, what? What? B.J. Tanner. How are you doing today, Mr. Jeff? <laughs> I'm doing good. It's going to take me a little bit to get used to you calling me Mr. Jeff, but, I'm gonna... <laughs> but I'll be good with it. You had an amazing career, and I'm excited to talk to you all about it. But I want to talk about probably one of the most important things in the world that i found on you, and that is your breakdancing video that your mom posted (laughs) on your big break about nine, 10 years ago. (laughs) Stellar, loved every second of it.
1: (laughs) Mm, Yeah, I I, I think I can recall what you're talking about.
0: (laughs) Your big break on TV, break dancing. Were you a dancer in the beginning? Did you do a lot of dancing?
1: Well, no, sir. That was like in the middle of my childhood career. My first thing that I've actually done was My first audition, actually, it was a show called Will to Live, and I had to play a kid who found out his mother got killed, and I had to help the cops find out who was the murderer. That's pretty intense. Yeah, it is. How old were you? Uh, I was seven years old when
0: I did that. Seven years old, and you're solving the murder of your mom? Yes, sir. (laughs) And it was based on a true story. Really? Yes, sir. At seven, how much were you able to, because you're 18 now? Yes, sir. Okay. So at seven, how much of that were you able to internalize how devastating this story was?
1: None of it, sadly, because I haven't had my mother taken away from me.
0: No, no, no. Obviously, I'm my own. I just mean, like, being able to even act it and stuff like that. That must have been pretty intense, I mean.
1: Yeah, it is an intense role, but I was just looking forward to having fun on set. As a 7 year old I was looking around, having fun with the experience of it, figuring out something new. It was just something new that I could do, and it was something really fun that I fell in love with.
0: What led to the audition? Were you in love with the idea of acting, and then you fell in love with it more after Will to Live? But what was it at that young age that kind of threw you in that direction?
1: So what happened was when I was living in South Carolina, I told my mom that I wanted to draw the Mickey ears, and I had supportive parents who were like, okay, let's do this. So my mom and dad ended up wanting to settle down anyway. So it was either between California and Atlanta. So we ended up moving to California and my mom had a picture of me that she sent out and a manager picked it up. They called me in for an interview. I got my first manager. They sent me out on to my first audition and that's how I got Will to Live.
0: That is really cool. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> you just kept going on audition on an audition after that? Yes, sir.
1: And then after that, I just kept going out on auditions. I eventually became SAG. And
0: yeah, I'm here. That's that's how I got here. So I know one of your early ones also was Sam and Kat. So do you know Ariana Grande?
1: I don't know her. I wish I did. But I don't know her. I met her on set. She even let me sit in her lap. That's a moment I'll never forget. Um, (laughs) 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 Yeah, but she was super sweet on set. And it felt like I knew her. She made it feel like she knew me, which is something that was really cool.
0: That's nice because sometimes sometimes when you're a guest, right, on a show, it can be hard. Yes, sir. Because you're just kind of coming in. You're coming in. Yes,
1: sir. But I made some new friends on that set. She let me sit on her lap. I'll forever brag about that moment. She (laughs) let me sit on her lap and she gave me a hug. So did Jeanette McGurdy. I'm just saying.
0: <laughs> but that was a really fun show to shoot. Awesome. Uh, what were some of the, of the earlier shows you did before? Because I know eventually you became, your Tuck character became a regular on Grey's Anatomy and Station 19. Before that, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. You yes, sir. Hilarious show. It is.
1: That's a funny story. Uh So I forgot that I did that. And then one day, some uh, one of my cast members named Miss V from Station 19, she sent me a post of me on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. It was many me who was scared of seeing And I said, this guy has AIDS. That just had me cracking up because I, I genuinely looked scared because they didn't tell me that the water was going to be bleeding and, and that all that was going to happen. So I was really scared in that moment. And I remember shooting that. And her sending me that post uh, reminded me of that.
0: Oh, that's so funny. So you said you didn't remember being on the show. Do you sometimes just...
1: It's not that I didn't remember being on the show. It was that I forgot what scene I shot on the show.
0: Ah, um, God. Yes, okay, sir. Got...
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man. So
1: when I seen it, that just made me crack up. Because that was the first time I seen it. Yeah, first time I seen myself. on. It's always Sunday on Philadelphia. Do you have brothers and sisters? I do have brothers and sisters. I have one sister and two brothers. Do they act at all? And I guess... You can count my dog as a brother, too. That's what my parents say. My older brother is a college basketball player. My sister lives in Atlanta, and my little brother does not act.
0: No? Does he want to? Is he a big bro? Nope.
1: He used to, but uh, he he just fell out of love with it. So
0: Got it. Before Grays and Station and Orville, like, what was your favorite kind of show that you did before? I'll rattle off a few you can choose from. Raven's Home, Ballers, Lethal Weapon.
1: Lethal Weapon, because I got a lot of good advice on that show from uh, the Wayne brothers. Really? What,
0: what kind of advice did they from
1: give you? From Damian Waynes. He, uh, he was telling me about how, how in the future, how to go about acting, creating my own content and creating it at such a young age is good. Uh, getting started in this uh, business early is a really good thing to do. And you're doing the right thing. You're obviously on the right tack if you're on this show at such a young age. And he was really just giving me a lot of advice about how to continue on writing my own content and creating my own shows and stuff like that. Well, he would know his
0: family is a powerhouse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. It's like each one of them is more talented than the next, and that family. Yes, sir. <laughs> That's really cool. Did you work with The Rock on Ballers?
1: I did work with The Rock. You know what? The Rock has an aura about him. Like I was sitting down, uh, I was sitting down with the set teacher doing schoolwork with a whole bunch of other kids. And then all of a sudden, this black SUV pulls up, and then you just see The Rock step out in his suit. And just fling his blazer with some shades on. And he keeps walking. He's like, hey, everybody. And he's a huge guy in real life. That guy is big in real life. Like when I tell you he's big, he's bigger in real life than you see on
0: TV. He's a big guy. He seems like the, he'd be the nicest guy. Yes, sir. But he
1: is the nicest guy. That's the thing. He seems like he he has the sweetest heart. And and his aura is just really big. He he just seems really genuine. And, and
0: he's a really good guy. That's really cool. Yes, sir. Oh, he's, he's uh, Black Adam. He's going to be Black Adam. In the- yes, sir. He's going to be the DC character, Black Adam. Yes. So I saw on your Twitter, not DC, but Marvel, your pinned tweet on Twitter. Yes, sir. <laughs> you're, I you're, what I you're, said. You're, you're pitching to be Miles Morales. I meant Mor- what I said. <laughs> Miles Morales. Yes, sir. So you're right about the right age for the character, right?
1: Yes, sir. I think Miles Morales is around my age. Yes, sir. I'm a little bit taller than he is. I am six foot, but... You know, I'm still going to be waiting on that call because, you know, that that shouldn't stop me. I mean, Wolverine's supposed to be 5'3 in the comics and the guy who plays him is 6'3 in real life. Right, Or so are an six, actor. Six, And the guy who plays him is so, 6'2. You're an actor. You can slouch. Yeah, I can slouch. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm still going to be waiting on that call from Marvel on being the next Miles Morales.
0: I'm surprised they haven't. Don't have full-on plans to bring that character in because now they've kind of they've put the uh, Peter Parker character in a place where they could or couldn't go in the. You know. Yes, sir.
1: They they can go any route they want to, yeah. whether they want to bring him in or don't. But you know what? I feel like they will, and I feel like I am going to play Miles Morales. So watch for me on that screen.
0: You better. I need uh, that way. I can look back always <laughs> at oh, the interview with uh, BJ Tanner. <laughs> yeah, my my first MCU star. <laughs> Do you, do you have oh, like man. publicists and stuff that can actually kind of work to try and make this happen and kind of get I into the... I don't order? have
1: a publicist. We've been looking for a publicist. We've been looking for a PR. My mom's just been doing it all. Her and my manager, Ms. Murray, they've just been doing everything and I'm really thankful to have them and God's really blessed me with these two because they've really been working it. And my ma- and my agents too, they've been working it to
0: get me in. Between Shonda Rhimes and Seth McFarland, somebody's got to <laughs> know somebody for it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right well i i think that would be amazing that would be cool because then you could you could do a disney plus show and you could be in the movies
1: mm-hmm. yes sir i'm going for it this is a role that i really want i mean i when i tell you i really want it. i really want it.
0: Maybe you need to do one of those things where you kind of you cosplay it and then shoot the film and then let it go viral. And then, you know, they, everyone sees it and then they can't ignore it type thing.
1: That's what I need to do. But first, I need to find a Miles
0: Morales costume. Hmm. All right. Well, we can. <laughs> I can't help you there, but, like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Seth MacFarlane's got to know so many. They create all I don't, those. My...
1: those yes, sir. I know. I'm, I'm going to get there one way or another. Because this is a role that I really want. I'm going to get there one way or another,
0: and I'm going to figure out how to get myself this audition. All right. Well, I hope they're at least planning it.
1: Into yes, sir. The, once Into exactly. the
0: Spider-Verse was so popular, I'm, I can't believe they didn't like fast track it.
1: I know. Because that was one of their most popular Spider-Mans. People were talking about how strong he was.
0: And not only just most popular, it literally was probably one of the best Spider-Man mm-hmm. movies. Like
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> It really was. It really was. And it was a cartoon. That's the most impressive thing. It was a cartoon, and it was still one of their better movies.
0: Yeah, it was stellar. It was stellar. I think they're making a sequel to that. Mm-hmm. I think they are. All right. Well, well. I, anything I can ever do, I will. I'm there for you. So you just let me know. Thank you. <laughs> I'm all. I'm all about it. I think it would be perfect.
1: Perfect. Thank you.
0: Hey, we need to take a quick break. I want to thank everyone for their support of the sponsors. When you support the sponsors, you're supporting us here at Classic Conversations, and that's how we keep the lights on. Now back to my amazing conversation with BJ Tanner. Thank you. All right. Any raven Simone stories before we move on?
1: I don't really have any raven Simone stories. She was super nice on set. Most of the times I spent my time with the kids on set, and we all hung out and shot our scenes together since i was only on there for one episode got it
0: and then school of rocky did an episode did you know jay kogan i think he was the uh showrunner for that but i don't know if he would have been around no sir i didn't i don't i don't think i That's got to meet right. him but He's i do
1: but it was a fun show to shoot too look at me that name dropping fun
0: show to shoot too. <laughs> oh man a lot of cool stuff Grey's anatomy this show has been on for a million years and uh <laughs> It's kind of an interesting thing. Your character is on Grey's Anatomy and Station 19. Same character. Yes, sir. I
1: play Tuck on both shows.
0: So are you still Tuck on Grey's or you've kind of fully moved to Station 19 at this point? I'm just going by the years on the IMDb. I'm
1: still uh, Tuck on Grey's. I just show up more on
0: Station 19. (laughs) When you walk around outside, right? You're at the mall, Mm. whatever. (laughs) Mm, (laughs) What do people call you out for? Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy. Most likely, sir. They'll be like, oh,
1: you're talking from Grey's Anatomy, my uh, sister, or I watch that all the time, or, or me and my husband watch that all the time. They'll really uh, know, uh, see me from, or or actually Orville. I've gotten that a couple times, too.
0: Because you're at like, three concurrent shows kind of at the same time. I know mean, two of them, you probably yes, go back sir. and forth based on the storylines, but yes, sir, <laughs> that's pretty impressive, right? I mean, it, that's not normal, right? I mean, or common, <laughs> is it? No, I don't think so. No, it's amazing. But you
1: know, whenever I'm shooting uh Station 19, Grays Anatomy will usually call me out too to uh, shoot within the same week since yeah. I'm already out there. So I'll be shooting those shows while I'm out there at the same time.
0: I haven't watched Grays in so long. So tell me a little bit about your character and just I know your your mom is Chandra Wilson's. Yes sir. Okay. I think I remember because she was pregnant early on. So I must have been watching it back then. I must have. But you weren't. <laughs> you didn't play Baby Talk, right? You were probably no,
1: sir, no, okay. sir. I got on uh, Grey's Anatomy season thirteen, I believe. Okay,
0: I may have moved on by then. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the clips, and I see how like your I saw f- a fun uh, clip of you, trying where you were like ten feet taller than her now, which I imagine.
1: <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> which, which is also yes, funny sir.
0: from Orville season two to to New Horizons. You also because of the years. I grew a bit. <laughs> just a little bit. Yes, sir. <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me a little bit about Grace. Tell me a little about Station 19, just in terms of is the character in different types of situations on on the different shows. I know it's the same character, but like how does it kind of play out?
1: Well, on Grace Anatomy, Tuck is really just a sweet soul who's supporting he's just uh, supporting just their their first father and his mother. Cause you know they're going through a rough time. Or not a rough time, but like you know, being separated and all because the dad has to live in the fire station, the mother do what she needs to at the hospital because COVID. He he was just he was just trying to be supporting, and then he was trying to help his adopt his newly adopted brother. Uh, he's trying to uh, be there for his newly adopted brother. He's learning the ropes basically about how to be a little brother and also uh, how to be a brother and how to be a good son at the same time. And on Station 19, really. He's really the same character on both shows. So he's really still there being supporting for his father and still trying to be a good brother. And he uh, knew, uh just got a new sister. So now he has to take that in, too, and just learn how to be the good sibling that he needs to be.
0: Maybe Shonda Rhimes will hear this and then they'll have <laughs> you be bit by a radioactive spider and spin you off into your own.
1: <laughs> Hopefully uh...
0: <laughs> she, she can make it happen. <laughs> She can make it happen. Oh, wait. There was one other show I just wanted to ask. Angel from Hell. I know you were like an episode of that oh, with, yes, sir. Jane Lynch.
1: Yes, sir. All right. So what happened was I shot a movie. at the. It was at the end of the movie called Late Bloomers that she was in. And I was at the end of that movie. And I had so much fun on that set. And she remembered me from that set. And she brought me on to Angels from Hell. And basically, she's like, "Oh yeah, I remember this kid, blah blah, blah, blah. So they decided to put me in the show, and that's how I got my uh, scene in that show at huh. the beginning of the show.
0: That's really cool, yes sir. It's all who you know, yes sir. How much commercial work do you do? I found some commercials that you've done, including yes, one a space commercial, the Walmart one, what called the gift. Yes sir, that one's. Was- Go ahead, tell me about it. Tell me about it.
1: So that one was actually played during the Oscars. They played a whole bunch of different Walmart commercials and seeing which one was the best one. And that one was shot by or directed by uh, Antoine Foucault. And that was a really fun commercial to shoot because I I got to, I guess you can say I got an early sneak peek on the Orville. I got to fly under a spaceship. I got to meet a cute baby. I got to run around, ride scooters. It was a lot of fun. It was like a whole little adventure itself. And everybody's just so sweet on set. That was one of the best commercials I shot. That was one of the most fun commercials I shot, let me tell you. And I don't know who ended up winning that competition. I'm gonna just say it was us because we had the best commercial overall.
0: But you know, <laughs>
1: it was it was a,
0: quite a commercial. A I good, mean, I think like yes, this sir. is a full-on Close Encounters of the Third Kind uh, level <laughs> effects movie for Walmart. So it was based on a receipt. Were they all based on a receipt? Yes, sir. I think they were all based on a receipt, yes, sir. So yours was bananas, batteries, paper towels, scooter wrapping paper, and a video baby monitor. And then they make this insanely cool commercial that BJ starred in for it. All right, so trivia. All right, let's see. uh, (laughs) New trivia question. Okay, let's What was the total on the receipt, either with tax or pre-tax? I'll accept either answer.
1: (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. Let's see. If it was a scooter, I'm guessing that was around 20 through 40 bucks. Bananas, somewhere around three, four dollars. A uh, baby monitor somewhere around ten bucks. Uh, what what else was on there?
0: Bananas, batteries, paper towels,
1: batteries, scooter. Probably somewhere around. I don't know. I just never really bought batteries, so I'm gonna guess around two dollars.
0: <laughs> um, PJ has <laughs> never been to an actual Walmart and bought anything. <laughs> hey, you're coming in like uh, you're coming in way low. The uh, like two hundred and. Sixty four dollars with tax. (laughs) I'm
1: gonna guess two hundred sixty four dollars (laughs) with tax.
0: Perfect.
1: (laughs) I don't answer. (laughs) Too funny.
0: And then uh, kid cuisine commercial and a
1: Gatorade. Yes, I remember that. That one was also one of my one of my favorite commercials. Shoot, because I got to meet Paul George on that one, and I got to play miniature him. in the Gatorade, yeah. That was a really fun one. And I figured out I had a a fun. We figured out we had the same birthday and everything. They thought I snuck my way on set. (laughs) (laughs) because because everything was just too coincidental they thought I snuck my way on set and my mom had to settle everything I'm like no 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 he's supposed to be he plays younger him I ended up getting to play uh Paul George in 2k I lost uh (laughs) he also signed a basketball for me even though he wasn't supposed to sign anything he signed a basketball for me which was really sweet and I got to take that home with me he's a really good guy too he's really nice in real life it turns out when when my brother went to a practice in Palmdale, he remembered who who I was. I don't know if he still remembers who I, who I am, but he did remember who I was after that. And that was a really cool thing to think about that. Paul George remembered who I was, especially as a big basketball fan.
0: Oh, that's cool. So your brother was with Paul George. He's like, oh, I know your brother. Yes, sir.
1: Him and Metal World Peace, because I shot the Millers with Metal World Peace and nice. his daughter, Diamond. So. Nice. That is cool. That is cool.
0: And I... <laughs> And then, uh, of course, who could forget boy eating chicken nugget and the kid cuisine? <laughs> oh, man. I made a friend on that set. I don't remember that. An entire generation of people now eat chicken nuggets because you inspired. Yes, them. sir. Exactly. <laughs> Trendsetter. <laughs> Talk to me how you got the role on the Orville. Uh, what was the audition process like and meeting Seth, well, and becoming part of that family?
1: When I auditioned for it, I knew Seth problem was, of course, because I watched Family Guy, even though I wasn't supposed to be because I was 13. I did it anyways. (laughs) But (laughs) uh, when I was 13, they sent out an audition and it was a self-tape, meaning I had to shoot it from home. So we went into my mom's room and that's where I shot it. And I remember auditioning for it and doing all this like ah, acting, whatever. Hey, it was a fun (laughs) thing to shoot. I didn't think that I would get booked for this. Basically, what happened was this is what Miss Penny told me when she got on set. She was asking Mr. Seth if her kids were going to be black or if they're going to be white or Asian because, you know, it's space and set in the future. So they could really be any race. And Mr. Seth was like, that's actually a really good question. So once he sent out the auditions, he saw me, my audition. And of course, he saw Kai's audition and he decided to pick us up. And that's how I got on the show. And that's when I figured out like it was a real Seth MacFarlane show because I didn't really know it was a Seth MacFarlane show until I actually booked it. And then ever since I've been on the Orville and it's been a wonderful experience. I, I absolutely love doing that show.
0: Orville is one of my favorite, favorite shows. I'm in a kind of a Orville Penny is, Miss Penny, is very active in this group on Facebook. She posts every now and then. Yes, sir. <laughs> it's like people are so intense with their discussions on all the episodes. There's a real love for the show. I've I've watched it on Fox. I was one of those people that waited, waited, waited. When you told your friends, like, oh, I booked another series. You know, it's like it's a Seth MacFarlane. Like originally it was more of a comedy parody. I think it's moved. Yes, yeah, sir. It's evolved away. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
1: <laughs> well, I remember the first person I told, I was like, you can't tell anyone. It was this guy named Steel Stevens. I shot Right Hand Guy with him, which was supposed to be a Disney show. I remember we were doing an event and we were uh, walking next to each other and I was telling them about this show that I got. And I was like, yeah, it's the Seth MacFarlane show. It shoots in space. Like, oh, dude, that sounds really cool. I said, but you can't tell anybody. I was like 13 at the time. I was like, but bro, you can't tell anybody because nobody can know. I have, I have I'm not supposed to say anything. But he's like, OK, OK, I got you. But that's the only person I told was him.
0: So what's it like kind of having this new family over over a period of time? It's interesting, right? Because you build up TV moms, TV dads, right? TV brothers yes, and sisters, <laughs> right? I, I talk to uh, people that have been in uh, shows like and they'll be like, oh, I've got Five TV wives. That you know, one day, one day you'll have that. One day, you know. It's what is it like? Do you have a special bond with Penny and Kai when you're on set? Definitely, because you guys, the three of you, do seem to form a, a really good bond and family unit when you're watching the show.
1: Yes, sir. Definitely, it's the bond between all of us goes beyond the show. It's like we're an actual family. Miss Penny is. It, it, she said this on her interview, she she mimics the parents and does what they would do. She wouldn't stray away from that so the kids can adapt to her easier and better. And basically, she made it easy for us to work with her. And our bond went beyond that. So that's really like a second mom to me. And Kai's really like my little brother. It really is a bond. And Mr. Mark is really like a second dad. <laughs> like The bond goes beyond just a family TV. It's like we're an actual family, even offset. Because with Kai, I do everything when it comes to the show. We do everything together. Are <laughs> okay, you guys have... <laughs> Yes, sir. Do you guys uh, live near each other? No, we don't because I live in Texas now. Okay. Even when I lived in California, we didn't live next to each other. We lived like 40 minutes away from me. Got it. Got it. It was like we weren't just a family on TV, but off TV too. And it, it's just really hard for a bond like that to break.
0: Well, how old were you when you started working on the Orville? I was 13. Was I 13? Might have been 15. I was 13 through 15 years old. But well, you booked it when you were thirteen. Maybe started at yes.
1: I booked it. I probably booked it when I was thirteen to start shooting when I was fifteen.
0: Okay. What type of advice does Penny give you? Does she give you
1: fantastic advice? She'll she'll tell me how to make a scene more emotional or how to make a scene more stable or make a scene pop out. And she'll give me certain advices that will fit the scene better in a certain situation than what I would definitely do <laughs> compared to what I would do. And she'll really just make that scene seem a lot more realistic than it uh, than it would have came out to be. And she's. She's just a wonderful woman to work with.
0: She's an incredible actress. She really is. She really is. She really is. I mean, between all of you, how you actually interact with Isaac would it be a robot or Android. It would be the right way to call it. Sorry to interrupt this amazing conversation with BJ Tanner, but we have to take a quick break. And we're back with BJ Tanner. DJ was just about to reveal whether Isaac's an android or robot so we can continue the conversation. And we're back. I guess a robot. Okay. You know, just the way her, she's emotionally attached to it, you know, in season three, mm-hmm. the anger, you felt like it's for me to watch in fall season, falling in love with a robot. It's and like, be like, yeah, cool. This, this totally makes sense. I can buy <laughs> like that. That's some great acting on both sides, great writing, all that kind of stuff. Yes, you know sir. what I'm saying? You know what i you're saying? To be
1: okay with her falling in love with a robot. <laughs> it's it's uh
0: it's an interesting penny. She is they're all great. I mean, the whole cast is amazing. I I had a question, um, because you were so young, and I mean Scott Grimes is older now, but he started as a much younger actor. He was in it much younger. And Anne Winters, uh, who plays uh Charlie. Mm-hmm. Irk, sure. She started very young. Also, do they ever kind of give you advice? You know, just having they have the perspective now of having been in the industry.
1: Oh, yes, sir. They definitely give me advice, too. Like Miss Anne, she helped me out with the scene that we shot at the table when I was asking her to help Isaac. She helped me make that scene a lot more emotional. Of course, I added my own spice by bringing the tears to my eye. I had a lady blowing my eye for that. (laughs) yeah she uh they give great advice too, and Mr. Scott will give it in a funny way he's the absolute he's absolutely hilarious on set like <laughs> when I tell you this guy is funny in real life, he is hilarious in real life, like his character on the show is like him in real life. Mr. Scott is fantastic on and off screen too, and he gives great advice as well
0: great to hear because his character is. So funny and so good. Yes, <laughs> season three, let's talk about Electric Sheep for a second, the opening thing, because yes, <laughs> now the Orville has been in hiatus for a while, not hiatus, but it was season two ended. They were going to move to Hulu. They've moved to Hulu, yes, COVID hit. So there was, there's been a time gap in between season two yes, and season three, which is called New Horizons. So it opens with Electric Sheep after the the Kalon attack and the war, and you're pretty much the first <sighs> beginning of this of this show, yes, right? Sir. It's your nightmare. Yes, and when yes, I was sir. watching that, it's a real powerful performance. And they, I harken back to something you had on your Facebook page, most underrated actor on Crazy <laughs> <Man."> <laughs> <laughs> But you are, you're amazing. It was like, because Seth had to put a lot of trust and he must believe in you immensely to to give you that role. I mean, that had to, mm-hmm. to pull that off, that whole opening where that very extensive nightmare You're smacked up against the elevator and it's like, there's a lot of emotion in there.
1: Yes, sir. And he really was there to help me out during those scenes, telling me what would uh, work out better, you know, uh, how to say certain things, certain things that I could do for my performance. I had to shoot all my own stunts on that too. So everything that you see was 100% real. Like when you see me come around that corner and fall, I really fell. Like (laughs) I really did fall. I just kept running though. And that's the scene that they ended up using and it looked great, but Everybody on that set is there for one another and they're, they make it easy to run the show. They make it really easy. They're all there for great advice. They're all there for silly times, but when it's time to get serious, it's time to get serious. When it's time to act, we need to buckle down, you know, and that's exactly what we do. I know it took a while for the show to come out, but they were moving fast. Like this show really are full of professionals and great guys who can really get it done.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, it was like yes, the, sir. the pandemic <laughs> didn't help anything. Yes, right? sir. <laughs> but this opening episode of season three, the New Horizons season, I mean, it deals with suicide loss. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you confront Isaac. You tell him you wish he was dead, and he kills himself. And mm-hmm. that's a pretty intense storyline. I mean, I know you just talked about the scene with Charlie that she helped you through where you ask her because she has an ability that can help reconstruct his uh, and bring him back. But I mean, the writing on this is, I mean, between Tale of Two Topas and the, the original episodes dealing with Topa and this, and you had a great episode where it was you, Penny, Kai, and, and Isaac into the fold. I think that was season one. Where you guys are, you crash. you go on vacation, and you crash land on that planet. Yes, sir. It just, there's a, it's a lot. It's a lot of really great stuff. Yes, sir. How did Seth come to the cast and explain the tonal shift for three?
1: Well, basically, he decided to make it all like, as you can see, they're all their own mini movies. And that's what I feel like captivates people. That I feel that brings everybody in and draws them in because if they're all their own mini movies, they all have their own stories. Each individual person can have their own story. Like mine was Electric Sheep. For Topa, it was two Topas. And for Mr. Scott, time traveling. As you can see, he made it all into many movies that will draw people in. And this season really shifted the game for the Orville because, you know, it's a great season. It's probably is definitely the best season that we shot. And all the uh, episodes are really greatly written. And Mr. Seth, he did a great job uh, with the directing. And they really just made it easy on set, as I said before. But they really just decided to shift the tone because we needed he decided that we really needed to step it up, I guess, this season. (laughs) But on the going to let you seek behind that meaning. It was a really powerful message because this is something that goes on in real life. This is something that can be prevented. And I guess that's the beautiful message that they're trying to display through the Orville story on that first episode. And basically, it's a really true thing that happens. People go tell people to it's sad, but go die all the time. And it's something that is sad to hear and they really decided to display this message through the orville which is a great thing and it was a beautiful message
0: it was beautiful it's it's extremely mm-hmm. powerful there has been there's been powerful episodes throughout all three seasons yes sir definitely and, but yeah electric sheep was it was in, it was interesting to be able to show both sides because isaac kills himself but because he is a robot they're able to bring it back so you can kind of show both sides you can see how you rob somebody where they they can take their own life but then yes, they, in this particular example, which isn't something that can happen in real life with humans, but in this particular case, they were able to bring Isaac back. So you can see, you know, why and how devastating this can be, yes, and what you lose because you do something like that. Yes, sir. It, it was a great showcase of yeah. your talent. I mean, it's been a long, yes, sir. but I mean, this thank parti- you. <laughs> this particular episode was uh, stellar. So, sir,
1: I believe it was great too because. Everybody wishes they can bring their loved one back. And that's just sadly something they can't do. And it's the damage that's already been done and dealt with. And they don't see, the people don't really see what they're missing until they're really missing out. It's something devastating that we really have to see in real life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think the Charlie Burke character, I think it was a great introduction. It's important to kind of show that the point of view that someone, you know, the hate that you can have and and her journey and the evolution that she's been having with Isaac sure, throughout sure. the season has been uh, great as well. Sometimes it's hard to watch her because you realize, oh, that's me, I would have been that person. <laughs> I don't, but I don't wanna see, you, you know, <laughs> you hold the hate in yourself, you get mad at people. But when you see someone else do it, you're like, why are they doing that? But it's like, I think it's more of a, a self-reaction. You know, it's, yes, it's, you know what I mean? It was a great ending of that show too, because mm-hmm. uh, you confront Isaac, but you don't say anything. It's all yes, know, It's all done with your face. Acting with your facial expression, so very, very powerful. Uh, one thing that I found was funny. While they are Seth MacFarlane seems to be great at this, and all the writing staff is kind of weaving things in. From one of the things that I thought was funny in this episode, the Electric Sheep, though the topic we discussed obviously isn't funny. But at one point, you yell at your brother Kai, uh, tie to uh, put his turn video, off his video game. Turn off his turn video game, right? <laughs> and so that was the actual opposite dynamic from the earlier episode into the fold where you were obsessed with the video game and, yes, sir. <laughs> you, and they were, I just, it was like, it's those like little subtle details that I think are, uh, <laughs> are so funny and, and so good. So it's, it's cool. So very cool. Did you ever get to meet Norm MacDonald? Yes,
1: sir. I have, I have got to meet him a couple times at the table read and he's a really nice guy. The rest in peace. Yeah. rest. In he's peace. a, he's a really nice guy in, in real life. He was a fantastic actor as well. I mean, even though he wasn't seen on camera, he would still make the facial expressions that he feel that y'all would make, so it'll make it easier. Even though we wouldn't see him at the table where he really would, because we wouldn't see him on set. It was like acting with nothing in front of you except a doll, which is kind of hard. <laughs> but Yeah, know. he's just
0: got that voice and rhythm that that makes yes, uh, the character so funny, and you're totally, totally into it. Yes, sir. It was interesting, because I hadn't watched season one and season two for a while, right? and then I watched <laughs> season three loved it heard everyone saying oh the comedy is totally different they approached it differently when i was watching the new season i was like i was digging it it just it felt right but when i went back and watched episodes from season one and two the comedy was very very different i love how they evolved it i think (laughs) well i think it's more more natural now it's natural yes sir and it's uh you know it's and it is to me, subtly funny or just kind of working something in like it's it's more realistic even now. I think. Yes, sir. <laughs> what other you have any cool stories from the set you can share like funny things happen? Any?
1: I have plenty of uh, set stories that I could share a million of them. OK, we made a whole workout video. Me and Kai made a whole workout video with Mr. J. Lee. Um, <laughs> it was a really random thing. We just we, we went outside one day and we saw him working out and he was recording. He was he was lifting jugs. And I was like, oh, let me hop in this. So we started uh, recording this workout video. And next thing you know, we sitting here saying that you can sell it for uh, $999.99 on his account. (laughs) And then... (laughs) And then I used to, just me and Kai just used to play around on set all the time. I would give him piggyback rides. We would run around set, just having fun with the aliens. Kai was actually scared. The aliens in episode two of season three, Right. he's actually scared of those aliens. We both were. We we didn't want to get near them, but we ended up taking a picture with him.
0: They were kind of freaky looking. Right? <laughs> they were uh, little kind of <laughs> they spider were. humans. I mean, plus <laughs> it's
1: way too good. It was it was not something pleasurable to be around.
0: I'm scared of a like a little spider, like a half inch wide, is like you know it's anywhere near me. <laughs> Let alone like a whole spider human type character. Ah. Yes, sir.
1: <laughs> those things are not, are not good to be around. We we did not want to be around those things. There was also the time where I'm sorry to expose you, Kai. I don't want to expose you, but this is one of the most hilarious things that happened on set. We were going over a scene one day. It was a shot. We were shooting a scene. And Miss Penny said her line. And Kai forgot his line. So he's just sitting there staring in the space. And next thing you know, we just hear a big fart. <laughs> And God just, God just still sits there like he doesn't know what's going on. And that was like, that was one of the funniest things that happened on set. Mr. Seth, he would always do a Family Guy impressions on set. You know, <laughs> funniest thing. Just, just sometimes he'll do it randomly, but sometimes we'll ask him to. He'll do Stewie Griffin. Brian is actually his natural voice. He'll do Peter Griffin. He'll just randomly do a, a Family Guy impressions on set. Mr. Scott Grimes is always cracking jokes. There are a million stories that I could tell you on set. Oh,
0: man. Time where I tried to teach Miss Penny to dance. What about Jessica?
1: Miss Jessica is absolutely wonderful. Oh, my gosh. You know, she's always sleeping on set. She's always, whenever she can, she is napping on set. And she'll find a comfortable place to do it, too. I have no idea how she makes the most comfortable situations out of the most uncomfortable. But she'll she'll figure out how to work it. But she's always sleeping on set. <laughs>
0: Uh, that's so funny. And then, uh, who else? Oh, what about Adrian?
1: Miss Adrian, she, she's like always working out on set. You'll look up and she's doing a mile around the set. She'll come back, look at her watch another one to go and she'll walk another mile. She has a lot of stamina. I guess you could. she has a lot of stamina. Like she's real fitness is really important to her, which is a really good thing. She loves to work out on set. So when you look up, she's always working out on our breaks or eating something healthy, which is a good thing to do. I, I couldn't keep up with her if I tried.
0: She was a badass on uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She
1: is. Oh, yes, sir. I, well, and on, yes, this, sir.
0: and on this, Clyden comes at her and she just kind of takes yes, her <laughs> against the wall. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. She was almost Wonder Woman. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. She was. So that's cool. That's cool. So, all right. So it sounds like you have like the greatest time ever on this. Oh, what about Peter Macon or uh, Chad? He ended up becoming friends
1: with my father. Peter? <laughs> Him and my da- Yes, sir. Him and my dad ended up becoming friends. Next thing you know, they're exchanging phone numbers and he's trying to visit us in Texas. And I hope he can come visit us in Texas. So Mr. Peter, if you're seeing this, because he lives in Atlanta. If you see this and you come down to Texas, come visit us because we're still waiting on that. But he uh, he's always FaceTiming his son on set. So he's always maybe talking with his son on set. I don't know how he balances it because he's balancing being a fantastic actor and taking care of his children on set at the same time, which is one heck of a thing.
0: Yeah, he's got some uh, powerful storylines. He does. He really does. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And he's funny. he's a
1: fantastic father and a fantastic actor.
0: Yeah, he's great. I got to interview him for the podcast, <laughs> yes, too. He was, he was, it was a good time. He's a really great man. All right, so any, any other big stories you got to share? We finally got to hear Bordis sing. So that was yes, cool.
1: <laughs>
0: that was a big Willy Wonnie. <laughs> so that was nice. <laughs> Scott Grimes actually can sing and Adrian, they, like the whole yes, cast. Sir. I know Seth can sing too. Yeah, yes, sir. I don't think he has on the show yet. Yes, sir. No, he
1: can, but he can sing in real life. He knows how to play piano and guitar as well.
0: Oh, yeah, he's got his albums, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So this sounds like the most fun set ever, but you've been, It is. when did it wrap? (laughs) Sorry. When did season three wrap? It's been a bit, right? It
1: has been a bit.
0: Yeah. Like last August or something, right? Sheesh. I think so. I think it was around that time.
1: Oh, you know what? Because I was there. Yeah. So it was around last August. Yes, sir.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, I got my fingers crossed for a season four. me as well. I'm guessing they'll come up with a new name for it. They won't call it like this is New Horizon. So then they'll come up with something, the Orville something, right? Yes, sir. (laughs) Keep that going. So I love it on on Hulu. It's great. So what's what is next for BJ Tanner?
1: Well, I just got done shooting a movie. That's exciting. Yes, sir. It's a horror film called Nyctophobia. I just got done shooting that with the D'Ambrosio twins. All right. Yes, sir. And that was a really fun set to be on. They are absolutely great people to work with. And I hope I can work with them again in the future. I absolutely loved working with them down there. They made every day fun. <laughs> absolutely fantastic people.
0: Awesome. what's your basic character in the, in the movie?
1: I play an important role on there. <laughs> I play a really important role on there. And I play along with Dana Powell's. She's a really fantastic. She's like a really wonderful actress. She she ad lived a lot. in This movie, uh, it, it all worked out. She is absolutely amazing to work with. I worked with Sean O'Brien. He's absolutely hilarious to work with. And he's a really great guy as well. Um, you know, I worked with Mr. Dean McDermott. I think that's how you say his last name. But he was absolutely, he was a pleasure to work with. He really was too. But the Ambrosio twins, Bianca and Chiara. I absolutely loved working with them.
0: That's awesome. We became friends really fast. Nyctophobia: extreme or irrational fear of the night or of darkness. There we go. Yes, sir.
1: Our little slogan is "Be afraid of the dark." Ah,
0: I like it. I I, I loved hanging out with you. I can't thank you enough for hanging out with me. Where can people keep up with you on the social medias?
1: Well, they can follow me and keep up with me on BJ Tanner TV on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Everything is BJ TV. <laughs> so you can find me anywhere on BJ Tanner TV.
0: Awesome. Well, I wish you a million more successful shows and movies and Miles Morales. And yes, sir. (laughs) I know the best is yet to come. So thank you for hanging out with me. I really, really appreciate it.
1: Thank you for having me for this interview.
0: (laughs) Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. I love the stories. So thanks for sharing everything with me. Yes, sir. Of course. Thank you. (laughs) All right. How amazing was BJ Tanner? Do you love them in the Orville? Do you love them in Grey's Anatomy? Do you love them in Station 19? Or check, 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 all of the above. The Orville is one of my favorite shows. So I hope you love this episode. Definitely check out the one with Peter Macon. Crossing my fingers with season four. They just announced the Orville is moving to Disney Plus in addition to Hulu. So a great place to catch it if you are not up to date with the show. All right. Well, with the interview over. That can only mean one thing. That's right, it's time for another trending hashtag from the family of hashtags at hashtag Roundup. Download the free, always free hashtag Roundup app at the Google Play Store or iTunes App Store. Play along with us on Twitter, and one day one of your tweets may show up on a future episode of Classic Conversations. Fame and fortune await you. In honor of BJ's upcoming new movie and his role as Tuck on Grey's Anatomy, we're going into the hashtag Roundup archive to bring you hashtag take a movie to the hospital. That's right, the ultimate mashup of movies and hospital stuff. Mash them together, use the hashtag hashtag take a movie to the hospital, and hilarity ensues. Brought to us by Tag Standups, a member of the hashtag Roundup family. Here are some hashtag take a movie to the hospital tweets. The N95 mask. Stop me. Back to the suture. Cat scan begins. The surgical mask. These are awesome hashtag take a movie to the hospital tweets. Fun with sick and Jane. The wizard of gauze. IV for hydration. She's all stat. Good ill hunting. Vasectomy, myself and Irene. Joe nurses the volcano. Hashtag take a movie to the hospital tweets continues with. Cast times at Ridgemont High. Gown girl. And our final hashtag take a movie to the hospital tweet. Shaving Ryan's privates. Oh, (laughs) all these tweets are retweeted at Jeff DeWoskin Show on Twitter. Go show them some Twitter love. Tweet your own. Tag us at Jeff DeWoskin Show. We'll show you some Twitter love. And that's how it's done. Oh, my goodness with the hashtag over, with the interview over, it can only mean one thing. Episode 151 has come to an end. Can you believe it? Episode 151, one episode towards 300. We've crossed the middle point. Thank you for being on this journey with us. I want to thank my special guest today, BJ Tanner, for being so awesome. And I want to thank all of you for being so awesome and coming back week after week. It means the world to me. And I'll see you next time. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Classic Conversations. If you like what you heard, don't be shy and give us a follow on your favorite podcast app. Also, why not go ahead and tell all your friends about the show? You strike us as the kind of person that people listen to. Thanks in advance for spreading the word. And we'll catch you next time on Classic Conversations.